2: Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: QAnon is now the most prolific online conspiracy theory of the 21st century. None of their predictions came true. Q has vanished, and the storm never came. But QAnon is still alive. I'm Jake Hanrahan, and this is Series 2 of Q Clearance a podcast shedding light on the ongoing QAnon conspiracy theory. This is a production of Kudeta Media and iHeartRadio. In this episode, we'll be discussing the storming of the US Capitol building on January 6th, 2021, and how that is connected heavily to QAnon. Now, many people seem to think that because Trump is no longer the US president, QAnon is over. Unfortunately, that is very much not the case. There are hundreds of thousands of Q followers still hanging on. And believe it or not, some of them still think Q's so-called plan is being followed to the T we'll be showing you that just because you're not seeing it everywhere now doesn't mean QAnon has gone away. Before we go into all of that though, let me explain what we'll be doing in this series. So in the first series, we clearly laid out who we think is behind the QAnon hoax and why. We went over how the account changed hands, how media misinformation started blaming the wrong people and why hundreds of thousands fell for the madness of QAnon. If you haven't heard it yet, I strongly advise you to go back to episode one of series one. Otherwise, a lot of this will make no sense to you. The end of series one of Q clearance came around the same time as the end of QAnon as we know it. At least the end of the Q drops. See, Q hasn't posted a single Q drop since before the US election. The followers have been somewhat set adrift by this. Some have realized their error in believing in such an outlandish conspiracy theory, whilst others have dug in deeper. We'll be covering all of that later on in this series. So to be clear, in this series we'll be documenting the evolution of QAnon without its leader. We'll also cast a light on the deeper parts of the conspiracy that you won't see discussed in the news segments. Since a sea of MAGA hats kicked in windows at the Capitol building, 24-hour news channels have decided to take proper notice of QAnon. Predictably, most of their reporting is surface level and often over dramatic, at Q clearance we're digging in deeper. USA! USA!
4: USA! 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 For 4 years we have witnessed turmoil in America. The pro-Trump crowd fought
0: with the police. This is the west front of the Capitol, and you see the smoke is building, and you see the flash there. Uh, Sometimes a flashbang is used by law enforcement uh, to try to disperse a crowd. It's obviously one of the tactics in their tool belt, um, and and it seems we saw the FBI SWAT team come in earlier. No question that they uh,
3: are... The storming of the Capitol building is what really catapulted QAnon into the public eye. Before that, QAnon was an oddity, laughed at by most who'd heard about it. Now it's becoming a serious talking point for every US politico from here to DC. Some people are calling QAnon a terrorist organization, whilst others have started trying to distance themselves from this beast that they previously nurtured. One side blames the other as usual. It's all a mess. But what actually happened at the Capitol building in January? To discuss the situation in a way that's hopefully less dramatic than the online discourse that surrounding all of this has been, I spoke to journalist Matthew Galt. Galt runs the podcast Angry Planet and has been doing work on QAnon from the very beginning.
5: Let's just just do a beat-by-beat for January 6th here, just so we kind of know, have the facts straight in in front of us. Um, So on January 6th, uh, Congress, both the House and the Senate, convene at a joint session presided over by the vice president, and it's to certify the election results, basically. It's to count the electoral votes and officially say, all right, Joe Biden wins, he will be the next president. This is part of like a very, you know, anodyne, normal process of American politics, right? Right. Um, The lead up to this day, Trump is indicating both on Twitter and in speeches, etc., that Pence could, quote, do something about this, that he could stop the certification, you know, because he's making this bold claim that uh, the election was stolen from him and that the election is fraudulent, right? Or at least kind of hinting around
3: that. Note here that many QAnons were convinced at the time that Mike Pence was their savior they thought he might be one of Q's right-hand men and that he'd storm the stage, as it were, and announced that Trump was about to take over. Of course, QAnon's linked Trump's tweets about Pence to Q's previous hints that Pence was on their side. To make things even more polarising, there was also a contingent of QAnon's, many of them, who thought the opposite of Pence. Many believed he was a traitor. Either way, on the day in question, he played a significant role in the QAnon mythos. Um,
5: Also, in the lead up to the day, he announces that he will be holding a Stop the Steal rally on the day that they are certifying the election. So on January 6th, then that morning, and then kind of throughout the afternoon, uh, Trump supporters gather on the Ellipses, uh, which is a large park uh, north of Washington, the north of the Washington Monument and south of Lafayette Square. Um, So at noon, Trump speaks. I think, you know, at this point, we've all heard the speech. We all know what he said. It was played uh, repeatedly on cable news broadcasts and uh, as part of his second impeachment trial. So he's still speaking uh, when at 1230, uh, the crowd begins to gather outside of the Capitol building itself. um, And at 1 p.m., people start to push through the first barricade that was around the Capitol. Um, at one 105 uh, inside the Capitol they begin certifying the votes um, at 110 Trump ends his speech and he tells his supporters that we are going to the Capitol and that he will you know we're gonna march down Pennsylvania Avenue and that he will be there with them um, He was not physically anyway. And then about 130 the Trump supporters start marching down Pennsylvania Avenue. And they make it to the steps. And a lot of the most striking footage that, that we saw uh, on social media comes from this moment, like from one thirty to 2, where the crowds are gathered outside and they're starting to fight with police officers and they're crawling all over everything. Um, and then at about 2.15, they get in. Uh, and then five minutes later is when Congress adjourns and they start moving to safe locations, either within the building or without, if they can get outside of it. And then... You know, we again, we get to start to see what happens while these people are in the Capitol. Um, there's a lot of selfie-taking. Uh, there's a lot of petty vandalism. There's reports that excrement was smeared on the walls. Um, and, you know, there's, this, there's the QAnon shaman, who we will talk about here in a moment, um, you know, in the rotunda, in the chambers, looking looking very regal and important.
1: The wait is almost over.
0: Zumo Play.
4: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.
2: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away.
3: If you saw any of the coverage of the Capitol building riot, you will have seen the guy Galt just mentioned, the QAnon shaman. We'll be talking about him more later in the series, but just in case you've been living under a rock or something, the QAnon shaman is a man called Jake Angeli. Angeli was a hardcore QAnon believer who turned up to the Capitol building shirtless with his face painted and wearing a fur hat with antlers attached to it. You could not make this up. He was a well-known face amongst the QAnon protests for years, and was of course present when the Capitol building was stormed. On January 9th, he was arrested on federal charges of knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority and with violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. He's since renounced his QAnon allegiance and Donald Trump. It's believed he has also had a history of mental illness. As the Capitol building was stormed, many of the protesters were posting their crimes to social media, showing off and often cheering QAnon mantras as they did it.
5: These people are all posting to social media. Um, they, they're, they're also going into congressional offices. They are looking for people. Uh, but mostly they find equipment. Some of them steal equipment. Some of them steal Nancy Pelosi's mail and her laptop things get trashed. And that's generally what happens. So what does this have to do with QAnon, I think is like the big question, right? Because I think in the aftermath of all of this happening, a lot of the blame for this event was put on QAnon. So YouTube and Facebook had already banned QAnon from its platforms for whatever, you know, that means, uh, late in 2020 on January 8th, Twitter comes two days after, uh, What will the storming of the Capitol? Twitter bans active QAnon accounts and deactivates around 70,000 accounts it says are connected to QAnon. This includes former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and Ron Watkins, who I'm sure listeners will be very familiar with by this point.
3: If that name means nothing to you, I again strongly advise you go back to series one to find out how it was uncovered that him and his dad were very likely behind the QAnon hoax. Um, So
5: partly because of this and partly because of increased scrutiny overall and a perception that platforms like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter are silencing conservative voices, Um, what I would call the QAnon community begins to kind of migrate to Telegram.
3: We've got a whole episode coming up about how QAnon flooded their way onto Telegram, the messaging app, when its proponents were banned from social media. But just so you know, for context, the ideas behind QAnon have only become even more outrageous and unbelievable now that its main source of discussion is on Telegram. These groups aren't small either. One I'm following has well over 100,000 members and is constantly being updated. So
5: why is Q, Why do people think QAnon is to blame for this riot, right? I think that's, that's like a big question. Like why is that part of the narrative here? Um, I would say that is because it, we don't have good numbers on how many people were actually there. We may never know like what the total number is. Um, but we can look at people that have been charged. Um, So as of this recording, federal authorities have charged more than 300 people in connection to the riots. Uh, The list is growing every day and the charges range from conspiracy to petty vandalism. It's really all over the map with what these people are getting charged with. Um, So news outlets like USA Today, Insider and NPR have searchable databases of who the people are that are getting charged um, things that have been written about them in their local newspapers, you, what their social media activity was like. So there were people at the riot who were QAnon believers. All right, the, How many of them believed, quote unquote, in QAnon or were Big Q people? I don't think that's super knowable. Um, but I do have some data points from like the indictments and what we know about some of these people. And I just kind of want to run through just three real quick. Um so there's Harry P. Munzer, who's fifty two. He's charged with disorderly conduct and breaking and entering. Um, he ran an appliance store in the Midwest. The local newspaper would report on him. It would run photos of a, of an appliance, the appliance store. It was decorated in murals, talking about Q, talking about how people are sheeple, um, and that this was an awakened store and that the he was fighting against a deep state cabal. Um, you know, this is on the wall of his of his Midwest appliance store just in in the middle of uh, just you know on a normal street. Uh, there's Dominic Madden, uh, 43. Uh, he's got a a real long list of charges, including including disorderly conduct and breaking and entering. Um, he was seen on January 6th wearing a blue Q hoodie. There's a married couple, Jason and Christine Gerding, also charged with disorderly conduct. They took a f- photo together in the rotunda uh, of after they'd broken in, um, a loving like the kind of thing that you would see like a normal couple take in front of a beautiful bridge or landscape Um, and Jason's profile photo on Facebook uh, before the arrest is emblazoned with the queue. There's others, there's others people in the 300 people long list, right? But it's not as if, I mean, you, you know this and the listeners know this. It's not as if there's a centralized location where queue is being planned and people are being organized. This is a self-starting, uh, belief system and cult. These, so it's it's to say that QAnon caused this. I think uh, is a simplification of a much broader phenomenon about what's going on, that also involves President Trump. That just involves the the way the internet works and the way conservative politics have gone in America
3: more broadly in the last ten or twenty years. I think as well, though some, something that. A lot of people look to when saying, "Oh, the Q caused this," is because the the QAnons before this actually this happened, before the riot happened, the QAnons on Telegram were saying, "Right, January sixth, there's going to be something big. Trump is going to come back. He's gonna. He really won the election. He's going to arrest every. You know, another one of these failed um predictions that they always have." And then when nothing happened, they kind of made something happen and said, see, we told you something big was going to happen. And it's like, no, that that's not the same. That's like saying, oh, my car is going to get stolen on Monday. And then when no one steals it, you steal your own car and trash it and then say, see, I told you like, no, it doesn't work like that. That's not a prediction. That is you causing it. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? I think that did have a lot to do with it as well.
5: No, I think you are exactly right. Um and I like part of and this is especially what, what you're talking about is especially important when we talk about what has happened after to the QAnon movement. They they say that January 6th is going to be this day. The, you know, the big Q, what we'll call like Q influencers, the big people in the QAnon community, right, are saying that January 6th is going to be the day. It's going to be the day that the election is certified. Like and as you said, they manifested this. They made something they made something happen.
3: So there we have it. The capital building riot or insurrection or whatever you want to call it didn't necessarily happen only because of QAnon. However, I think it's fair to say that it likely wouldn't have been carried out in the way that it was if QAnon didn't exist. Q whipped his supporters up into a wild frenzy for four years, promising political violence, secret plans, and the destruction of the Democrats. When that didn't happen, many, many QAnon supporters sort of tried to light the spark that Q couldn't, because of course, Q was full of shit from start to finish. This isn't over though. The threat of potential violence from QAnon adherents got so extreme that on page one of a New York Police Department Intelligence Bureau mailer on extremist imagery, they put the QAnon symbol at the top. This mailer was obtained by journalist Jason Wilson. On it, the police wrote the following... QAnon is a broad conspiracy movement with anti-Semitic underpinnings that falsely alleges, based on purportedly classified intelligence, that an elite cabal of paedophiles led by Democrats is plotting to harm children and undermine President Trump. Several adherents to the movement have been responsible for acts of violence and criminality. The possible danger here is that QAnon is very much still alive. It's just more underground than it ever was. Stay tuned to Q Clearance while we bring all of this into the light. Q Clearance is brought to you by iHeartRadio and Kudeta Media. I'm Jake Hanrahan, you can find me online at Jake underscore Hanrahan, that's H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. This episode was produced by myself, with fact-checking and additional research by Sarah Hightower. The music is by Sam Black, and the sound was mixed by Thomas Griffin at Splicing Block.
0: MOPlay. play